you might have. If you open up to Hebrews chapter 3, I will get there in just a second. I want to read Psalm 21, or 23, verse 1 and 2, which is a, a psalm, of, psalm of David. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many believe this morning he is our provider? He provides, it says, I shall not want. He's the provider of your needs. And I believe that he is able to provide those needs on a daily basis. Verse 2 says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, I'm not going to do a review this morning that I did Wednesday night, but I talked about sheep. And it's very interesting with sheep. I said that sheep don't really have direction. One farmer said that if he put a rope in front of a sheep pen, when the sheep come out of that pen, they jump over the rope. And he takes the rope down, and then all the other sheep still jump over the imaginary rope because they're following the leader. I also mentioned that, that many times that they're defenseless. They, they get in groups and they begin to run and they begin to kick in order to defend themselves. And, and, um, but one thing about sheep is they recognize the shepherd's voice. They recognize the voice of the shepherd. A stranger that would try to come in in midst of the flock, they would not be led by the stranger's voice. How many want to be led by the master's voice as a shepherd of our soul? But I also said the other night that, that sheep, um, they have a hard time. They don't, they're not an animal that carries loads. Other animals, you can put a load on their back and they can carry that load. But sheep are not built to carry that load. So therefore, you don't load a sheep down with a lot of baggage or anything. And what that expresses to me is that we, as the sheep of his pasture, that we're not supposed to carry extra load. We're supposed to be releasers of the load within our lives. We're supposed to cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. I say all that because I'm going to do something a little different today as we get into Hebrews chapter 3. I just want to read the word and let the word be self-explanatory to us because I believe that I have found over the years and I've been here in this assembly for 35 years and I have found that many believers have a difficulty entering in to his rest. They have a hard time cease striving in their own flesh They have a hard time truly giving things unto the Lord and releasing them. They have a yo-yo mentality that they throw it up to God and they pull it back. And they give it to God and they pull it back. And I have found a lot of people are being under stress and strained in the relationship because there's pressure upon them. And that pressure comes from not releasing things unto the Lord. Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4 gives us the explanation of why we don't enter into his rest. 
it talks about, again, it will see, it talks about, we have to cease striving. How many have ever been a striver? Have done things in your own strength and fallen short of where you need to be. It's a place, see, rest is a place of peace. It's a place of confidence that God is in control. It's a place where you can just sit down and relax. A lot of believers are so tensed up today because they've taken this heavy burden upon them. And I see that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, pastures for grazing, pastures for eating, pastures to partake of his word. And then he says, he leads me beside still, still waters, a place of rest. So I'm just going to read it. Okay? All right. How many know it's not my message? It's the word of God. And if the word of God speaks to us, then so be it. Let it, let it speak to us and change our lives. It, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. This is why the Holy Spirit says, if only you would listen to my voice this day. Number one, you have to listen to his voice. Don't make him angry. You mean we can make God angry? That's what the word says. So don't make him angry. And then it says some powerful words by hardening your hearts, by callousness getting in there to where you become insensitized to the Lord. Like your ancestors, oh, those people have gone before us. Like your ancestors did during the days of the rebellion when they were tested in the wilderness. How many have been tested in the wilderness? How many are going through testing now in the wilderness? And it seems like 40 years you've gone through the testing in the wilderness. And guess what? The testing is not complete yet. God still will allow a testing to take place. There your fathers tested me and tried my patience, even though they saw miracles for 40 years, they still doubted me. Those are, those are powerful words. They doubted me, even though I showed them miracles. How many have ever seen a miracle? How many have ever seen God work in your life, in the life of others? You saw a miracle. You can say, Al Serge, I, I know that I saw a miracle. I saw a miracle that God raised you from the dead. I know he raised me. When I was laying on the floor and my wife started doing CPR on me, he raised me up. God's calling. Actually, a Citibank calling. <laughs> This, now listen to this. They still doubted me. And then it goes on and says this. This ignited my anger with that generation. And I said about them, they wandered in their hearts just like they do with their feet. They refuse to learn my ways. My heart grieved over them. Then I decreed, they will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. 
Search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters. Make sure that none of you have an evil or unbelief hiding within you. For I will lead you astray, for it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. How many have ever felt in your life that you were just not responding to the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of the Lord was wooing you, speaking to you, but you just had your hand up and said, no. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now, as you notice, he hasn't even he just mentioned about the rest in verse number um, 11, that they will never ever enter into the calming rest. But he lays a foundation here. He lays a foundation in entering into that rest, that place where you have confidence, that place of peace, that place where you can release things unto him. For we are mingled with the Messiah if we will continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. For again, the scripture says, if only today you would listen to his voice twice he says that. So it must be important about listening, having your ears in tune to what the Spirit of God is saying. Not what you are saying, but what the Spirit's saying. How many of those, there's two different things, what he says and what you say. And what happens is what you say overrides what he says. But you say, hey, listen, that can't happen. You have to be sensitized. You have to listen to what he says. If we listen to his voice, don't make him angry by hardening your hearts as you did in the wilderness rebellion. So two times now he says, don't do it. Always have a soft, pliable, teaching heart. A sensitized, humble heart that says, God, Here I am. I want to do what you want me to do. Lord, if I ever start to allow my heart to harden, convict me, show me, reveal to me that my heart is getting hardened before you. Lord, I want a soft heart. I want a pliable heart. I want a heart of worship. I want a heart where your grace just pours out to me on a daily basis and I receive all of your grace, extravagant grace in my life to receive the word of the Lord because that word of the Lord will change me and it will change you. The same people who were delivered from bondage and brought out of Egypt by Moses were the same ones who heard. They heard. Let me realize that many, many, I've seen many people, and again, it takes nothing away from what happened this morning, but I've seen many people who have come to the altar and have presented themselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I I surrender all. And we just sang that song. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Take me, Lord. Use me. And we get up from the altar of God, and we go, by the time we get back to our seats, 
we're beginning to, to try to define what really happened. And, and we begin throughout the week to begin to slip away from that commitment. And then the next week we come back to the altar. I've seen people that are wanting to get saved every week. Now, I'm not a believer. Now, you may be, but I'm not a believer in once saved, always saved. I'm I'm a believer that you can backslide. You can fall away from the grace of God through your choice. How many believe that this morning? You can choose to walk away from God. And this generation he's talking about, he said, they hurt. They heard the word over and over and over again. And they saw miracle after miracle. God provided them with his provision. And yet it says, they still, they still rebelled. They grieved God for 40 years by sinning in their unbelief until they dropped dead in the desert. So God swore an oath that they would never enter in his calming place of rest, all because, here's here's some important words, why did they not enter into his rest? Because they disobeyed him. Verse 19, it is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance because they wrapped their hearts in unbelief. So disobedience and unbelief. Now God has offered to us the same promise I want you to catch hold of this. He has offered you and I a place in his kingdom. It's called a place of rest. It's a place of still waters. It's a place of calming within your life. It's a place where stress is released. It's a place where you're not burdened down with such a heavy guilt of shame and condemnation. And you're overloaded with the cares of life. And you're walking around and your shoulders are so heavy that you cannot lift up your head to even glorify the name of Jesus. And you're so overwhelmed. I've seen this over and over with Christian people through the years. They're so heavy laden with the cares of this world and they've never entered in his rest. Am I talking to the right crew this morning? Now, God offered to us the same promise of entering to this realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be, here's some, some powerful words, we must be extremely, extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. The promise of rest is there for each one of you. And he says, you have to fully be convinced, you have to be fully persuaded that you, it's a promise that you can enter into. How many believe you can enter into a promise of rest in the kingdom of God? I'm just reading the word. <laughs> it's not my, it's his words. For we have heard the good news. How many have heard the good news? How many know it's not bad news? It's good news. This is good news, folks. He says, we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did. So they heard it, and you've heard it. Yet they didn't join their, oh, they didn't join their faith 
with the word. They didn't put faith in what this book says. They didn't enter in. And he gave them up. God says, I gave them up that they will never enter into my rest because of unbelief. Because of disobedience. They'll never end because they did have a mixture. A mixture of faith, of belief in him and his word. And you combine the faith in the word and you don't believe what the world says. You don't believe what others say. You believe what the word says and you stand upon the word of God. And if you stand upon the word, you can enter into that promise. But we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did that. They did not join their faith with the word. Instead, when they heard, when they heard, didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. Some of you today, you're not affected by this at all. I'm standing up here and I'm preaching and I'm getting a little bit louder and, and you're just sitting there, oh, I hope he soon shuts up. <laughs> Because when I or anyone else, Dwayne was sharing the word in worship this morning. You have to mix your faith with the words. And when the word comes and faith comes, you can enter into the promises of God. But they didn't enter in because there wasn't a mixture. And it didn't affect them very deeply. Some people unaffected in this church, maybe very deeply. It's a surface relationship. God wants to get you to go a deeper relationship with Jesus. We mentioned that name that is above every other name. And Jesus wants you to come in to an intimate relationship with him. By the way, if you haven't found out, I've moved into chapter 4. Because chapter 3 goes into chapter 4 in the book of Hebrews. How many realize that in the original, there wasn't the verses, there wasn't chapters. It was a letter. It was a letter. Verse 3, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise. And we experience, and here it is, and we experience the realm of confident rest. For he has said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath. They will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. God's works have been all completed from the foundation of the world. I believe he rested on the seventh day. And there is a Sabbath rest for God's people. It's a place where we can come and say, God, This is all yours. The sheep could not carry heavy burdens. They weren't meant to carry the load. You're not meant to carry the heavy load that you're carrying. There's a lot of sheep in here. You're carrying a heavy load, and God does not intend for you to carry it. He expects you to say, Lord, here it is. There's a difference between a yo-yo and a javelin. The yo-yo, you... Go up and you bring it back. A javelin, and Tom Dugan says this, there's no javelin catchers. <laughs> you hurl the javelin, you release it from your hand, and you throw it down the field where you can throw it 150 feet or, or whatever you can do, five yards. 
But you release it. You let go. You cast. You give it to him and say, Lord, I am not meant to carry this heavy load. This is your load. You want to come in in the midst of the situation and you want to grant rest. Well, I'm not striving on my own. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking to myself. I have strived in my own self at times. Bob, you can do it. I can't do it. It has to be. Boy, it says in the scriptures, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, as stated before, they will never enter into my calming place of rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into that realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into that faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of the promise. How many want to enter into that faith-filled rest of God, a place of peace, a place to know that and confident that God is going to bring everything to pass in your life. How many believe God wants to bring victory? How many know God wants to turn the tide of the enemy? We see evil in the world today. Dark is getting darker, but hallelujah, light is getting lighter. There's a city set upon a hill, and it's shining brighter and brighter and brighter. For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into the so-called enter into called today. But it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words. If only today you would listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. How many see that there's something that's being spoken here over and over and over? What I found in scripture is if God allows himself to be repeated, he's trying to wake you up. And he says here several times in Hebrews, he says, obey his voice. Don't harden your heart. Don't allow your heart to get calloused. You know how your heart gets calloused? It's allowing offense. It's allowing broken relationships. It's allowing some other person to come in and try to, again, capture your heart through unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will harden your heart. If you're sitting here today, there's unforgiveness within your heart. Your heart already has started to become callous because you've allowed unforgiveness to come in. If you've come in here this morning and and you're in rebellion towards God, your heart already has become hardened. And God says, don't harden your heart. He wants to soften your heart. He wants it to be pliable. I've seen in Christendom, I've seen where some believers have arrived. They know more than me, and that doesn't take a whole lot to know more than me. But, but, but they've arrived. And what I mean by arrived is you cannot tell them anything. They think they know everything. They have become a know-it-all. And one thing I've found in the kingdom, you must, you must remain teachable. You must have a teachable spirit. Guess what? You and I don't know everything in the Word. 
The Holy Spirit is always pointing things out in the Word of God that would train us and teach us and guide us. And so it says here again, listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. Now, if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into land, God wouldn't have had spoken later of another rest to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. And I've found so many believers that have not entered in to that place that is available to each one of us. It's a place where the burdens of life do not overpower you. But Jesus is Lord of your life. And you are so confident in Jesus that you know he has everything in his hands. He created you. He knew you in your mother's womb. He brought you forth, and I've said this recently, he brought you forth to live in 2023 with a purpose and a plan and a destiny. And I tell you, I I look at the news and I see the world is getting darker and darker. You can get blown out of the water by just reading the news. But folks, we have a hope. Our hope is in Jesus and in that name that is above every other name that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And I'm here to declare today that Jesus is the winner and we as the saints of God are winners this morning because he's already won the battle. The enemy is defeated. Let me say that. The enemy is defeated. I want you to know I'm being healed as I speak today. I, I, this past week, I was doing physical activity and exercise, or going to physical therapy, and something in my lower back area got strained. In the last several days, I've been in the heating pad and, and, and um, just kind of sitting and, and walking very gingerly, but I believe that God's healed me in Jesus' name. He's setting me free. Because, you know, it's not in your name or my name, it's in his name. He sets us free. Let me close. As we enter into God's faith, rest, life, we, here's a key, we cease from our own works. Just as God celebrates his finished work and rests in them. So then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith, rest, life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and the secret motives of the heart. For there is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God For nothing that we do remains a secret. Nothing created is concealed, but everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes to whom we must render an account. Thus saith the Lord. 
So, just summation. How do we not enter in? Unbelief. Disobedience. Doing our own thing. Striving in our own flesh. Trying to do things without God. Trying to live in the world but be a Christian. And we can't enter in that rest. But we enter in through faith and obedience and yielding to the Lord and saying, Lord, you didn't me you didn't want me to carry this heavy load. Let me realize that some of you are carrying around heavy loads today. There's pressures in your life. The enemy has lied to you and saying, you have to carry that. That's just part of life. And the Lord says, cast some of your burdens. Cast a few of them. What's it say, Joe? All. How do you spell that word, Joe? A-L-L. Very good. Bah. Yeah, we, on Wednesday night when somebody didn't like something about sheep, they go, bah, bah. That's what we do many times. Cast all. I may have been carrying a heavy weight around and you know that God doesn't intend for you to carry it. And your shoulders are drooping. And I go up to to the person and before I get a word out of my mouth, they're telling me all the heavy weight that they're carrying. How many have ever seen people that all they talk about is the heavy weight? They never talk about the burden bearer. And the burden bearer is Jesus. He's the burden bearer today. Jesus wants to be your burden bearer. He wants to take your burden. He wants to shoulder it because you're not, the intention is not for you to carry it. But see, we, we haven't learned that fact of saying, Jesus, here it is. I release it. I give it completely. I do this in the church. I do this in the car. I do keep one hand on the steering wheel. But I hurl. I, sometimes I, I become very active because it'll stick with me if I don't give it to him. And it'll weight down in my, right here in my mind. It will weight me down. And I have to say, Lord, here it is. Catch it. I throw it to you. I hurl it to you. I cast it to you. I can't handle this. I can't handle Joe Petito any longer. (laughs) I give him to you, Lord. Joe knows I can say that because I love him. And he's sitting right there. Right behind the camera. Anyone ever, ever had a person just kind of, you, you, 
You may not like them, or you have problems. How many have ever had problems with other people? <laughs> Come on now. We've all had problems with other people. And what we do, we, we, we just meditate and think about that person, and it keeps us from the word, it keeps us from worship, it keeps us from prayer, and it, it just it pounds in your mind. Oh, I can't stand that joke. I can't. <laughs> You have to give them to the Lord. You can't hold on to it. And you may not be able to do anything right at the moment, but if he has it in his hands, he's able to work it out for his glory and for his honor. We need to enter into this rest. Father, take care of doubt, unbelief, rebellion. Take care of it, Lord. You said you know the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Your word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce and divide between soul and spirit. It's able to show us those intentions, those desires of our heart. Reveal the desires of our heart. And if our hearts are not desirous after you, show us, Lord, that we might repent. And we may have one desire for Jesus. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Stand with me this morning.